such a great way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Aren't you happy with it, Jezebel, my queen? Well, it's the most beautiful palace in all the world. Why, the people are already beginning to call it Ahab's Ivory Palace. Yes, ivory. Oh, I thought you'd love it, especially the view. I built it especially to please you. Jezebel, dear, please say that you like it. I love it, Ahab. My husband and king. You do? It is beautiful, Ahab. And it shows that we are wealthy, the most wealthy royal family in the world. But I was just thinking, I wish it were as beautiful as Solomon's palaces and temple in Jerusalem. His are of gold and silver. I couldn't get that much gold or silver. Anyway, dear, we have two palaces, one here in Jezreel and one in Samaria. No king, not even Solomon, had palaces in two different cities. Please, Jezebel, be happy. Smile. I am happy, Ahab. You've been a good husband to me, given me my way in almost everything. You've even worshipped Baal. No wife or queen could ask for more. I've tried to please you, Jezebel. Everything has been for you. You really do love me, don't you? More than anything in all creation. Thank you, my dear. And don't worry. I think this palace is the most wonderful and beautiful any man ever built for his wife. Or his god, for that matter. Or anyone else. I love it. Oh, thank you, Jezebel. Thank you. Oh, I love you, love you, love you. beautiful view from here. Perfect. Almost. Scribe? Yes, Your Majesty? Who purchased this land and planned the layout of the palace? I helped, Your Majesty, as court scribe. In Why wasn't a garden put there? Uh, where, Your Majesty? Right over there, where that vineyard is. It would have made a perfect place for my personal garden. You know how I love to putter around with flowers and things. I want a garden there. Tear down that vineyard and have a garden put there immediately. Well, the land doesn't belong to the crown, Your Majesty. Oh, purchase it. Well, we tried to, Your Majesty, but the owner refused to sell. Oh, he did, did he? Who is the owner? A Jezreelite by the name of Naboth, Your Majesty. I'll buy the land. Hello there. Oh, greetings, stranger. Welcome to the... Oh, welcome to my vineyard, Your Majesty. <laughs> Are you Naboth? Yes, Your Majesty. You own this vineyard? I do, Your Majesty. It was handed down to me by my forebears in inheritance. I'll buy it from you. Name your own price. Oh, His Majesty is well acquainted with the inheritance laws as I am. He knows I cannot sell land that was inherited. Oh, I guess you're right. I wanted this for my private garden so much that I... I'll buy a vineyard somewhere else, a better vineyard than this one, and then we'll merely trade. You won't need to sell. <laughs> My gardeners will be over tomorrow morning to begin to plan... I'm awfully sorry, Your Majesty, but I just can't do it. 
You mean you won't do it? I can't, Your Majesty. Is getting rid of inherited property in any manner strictly against the Levitical Code? The Code says every Israelite must keep to himself the inheritance of the tribe of his father. I know what the Code says. I'm awfully sorry, Your Majesty. Oh, so am I. I want a garden here. Scribe, I... I'm ill. Help me to the palace. There you are, sire, in your own bed. How do you feel now? Awful. Well, I'll get the court physician. No. I want that land. May I have the butler bring you some wine? Perhaps that will make you feel better. No. Uh, how about something to eat? No, I don't want anything. Leave me alone. Go on, leave me alone. Yes, Your Majesty. Long live the king. Long live the king. What's the matter, Ahab, dear? The scribe said you were ill. What is the matter? Is it your stomach? Your head? What? I want that land. Land? What land? I want my personal garden there. Where? Where the vineyard is. What vineyard? The one that man owns. I never get my way. No one ever gives in to me. Why don't you just buy the land and be done with the man? Buy it? The man won't sell. What man? Naboth. I thought you were king of Israel. I am. Then command Naboth to give you his old vineyard. And he'll have to, whether he wants to or not. I can't make him. It's strictly against the Levitical Code. Oh. Oh. So that's it. Well, my dear Ahab... You have nothing to worry about. Get up out of bed, eat, be happy. I will give you the vineyard of neighbors. You will? I most certainly will. So come on, get up, laugh, eat and drink, be merry. You shall have your garden. But how are you going to get it away from Naboth? Care you how I get it? Oh, no, no. I, oh, I just want it. You'll have it. You see, dear... I know the Levitical Code as well as Naboth does. <laughs> Scribe, write a letter to each of the elders and nobles of Jezreel. Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. Ah, Her Majesty has an idea how to get that vineyard. Find two men who will do or say anything for a price. Have them witnessed against Naboth, but he has blasphemed against God and against the king. Sign the letters with the king's name, using his personal seal. <laughs> the elders and nobles and the people will be angry against Naboth. He will be stoned to death. According to the code, they'll have to stone the entire family. I know. That's the idea. There'll be no one to inherit that vineyard, and his majesty can have it. This vineyard is now mine. The queen, oh, she's smart. Gets her way in everything. We got to get up before daylight to get ahead of her. <laughs> Your Majesty, greetings. Elijah, you, you're here for a purpose. The Lord sent me with this message. Because you do evil in the sight of God, thine house and posterity will be cut off from Israel. In the place where the dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall the dogs lick thy blood. As for Jezebel, thy wicked wife, dogs shall eat her by the wall of Jezreel. 
These things, O king, are the results of envy, jealousy, selfishness, greed, and pride. Repent and turn from your evil ways, and the judgment of doom shall be withdrawn. Continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1 800 634 0234. That's 1 800 634 0234. Now, here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. I heard about old Ezekiel preaching to the bones. I heard about old Daniel praying from the lions. Then I heard about little David picking up five smooth stones. But greater than all these miracles is something that happened to me. I'm just making sure I get enough vitamin D. Vitamin D? We're at a swimming pool, not a drugstore. I know that. But do you see that big thing up there in the sky? You mean the hawk? <laughs> no, the big bright thing there above the trees. Nothing up there but the sun. Exactly. So what's the sun got to do with vitamin D? Everything. When the sunshine hits my skin, my body takes those beautiful rays and turns them into vitamin D. And that's a good thing? Absolutely. Vitamin D helps my body fight disease and reduces the pain of sore muscles and stiff joints. You sound like a TV advertisement. Well, somebody needs to advertise a good thing about sunlight. Most people are afraid of it. They smear sunblock all over their bodies, stay indoors, and treat sunshine like it was poison. Hey, I don't want to burn. Scientists say we need to all enjoy up to 30 minutes of direct sunlight each and every day. That will safely provide us with all the vitamin D we need to give our skin a nice, healthy glow. But what about in the winter when this pool's an ice skating rink? Then you go to the drugstore and buy some vitamin D pills. 
But the best way to stay healthy is to sit in the summer sun. Well, then count me in. I'm going to plop down right here beside you and work on my healthy glow. Are you happy now? Well, not really. Why? You're blocking my sun. Oh, sorry. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do you like visiting museums? Have you ever been in a museum of children's art? What if your museum were showing a collection of paintings of children and one of the pieces was mysteriously missing? That's what happens to Sammy and Ginny in this new shoebox kids mystery. Along the way, Sammy learns that helping others is part of what it means to be a Christian. Chapter 2, Chasing Shadows I tell you, there was a man standing right over there, Sammy said to Jenny as the crowd began to file out. He was creepy. He stared at me. What did he look like? Sort of tall, Sammy raised his hand above his head to show Jenny. He was wearing some sort of old raincoat. He looked like he had been sleeping in it. He had messed up gray hair. Jenny shrugged. It could have been anybody, she said. Why don't we watch the exits and see who leaves the room? Sammy agreed. They stood on the concrete bench where they could see above the heads of the crowd. Anything? Sammy asked as the crowd began to thin. Jenny shook her head. The mystery man was gone. If you don't know who it was, maybe he was here because of the paintings rather than because of you. You asked those dumb questions and he was probably drawn to you because of that. Dumb questions? At least they got us some valuable information about the mystery. Sammy changed his tone. What do you think? Is there a mystery for us to solve? Can we find that lost painting? Jenny shrugged again. We won't know until we ask some questions. She looked over at the exit and saw her mother waving. I've got to go. See you at the shoebox this weekend. Sammy looked around and finally saw his grandfather looking closely at the painting of the girl swinging in the tire swing. He walked over to him quietly, afraid to bother his grandfather while he was concentrating so hard. Finally, Grandfather looked up at Sammy, and his face broke into a smile. It always amazes me, Grandfather said, that so much beauty can come from swabs of paint. Look closely, Sammy. Sammy stepped close to the painting. It's just different colored blobs of paint, he said. Yes, Grandfather said, blobs of paint. So simple. Now step back and look at it. Sammy stepped back, and the picture came into focus. The girls came alive as he saw them swinging in their tire swing. He could almost hear the boys laughing, hanging from the tree above them. Wow, Sammy said quietly. Come, Grandfather said. I must get to the church. The afternoon is late, and I have agreed to mow the church lawn this week. The two of them left the exhibit hall and headed outside. Grandfather, Sammy asked as they walked down the sidewalk to their car, do they pay you to mow the church lawn? Grandfather shook his head. Then why do you do it? Sammy asked. We have work to do at our house. Why can't someone else do it? Sammy, can you name someone from our church who doesn't have anything else to do? 
Sammy thought hard. What about Mrs. Thomason? Grandfather looked at him. The old woman who comes to church in a wheelchair? Do you think she would be a good person to mow the lawn? Sammy shrugged. I guess not, but I'm sure there are some people who aren't doing anything in church who could do this. Grandfather nodded. Sammy, you missed the point. I take turns mowing the church lawn because I wish to do this as a gift to God. The church is God's house. I want it to look as nice as possible. You know, we put money in the offering plate at church. I think of my work as a different kind of offering. Sammy thought as they walked to where their car was parked on the street. By the time they had fastened their seat belts and Grandfather had started the engine, Sammy had another question. What about those people who volunteer time for things that aren't at church? Sammy asked. Like Mrs. Wallace. She's taking her free time and helping the museum raise money for a children's wing. Why does she do that? Grandfather raised an eyebrow. Why do you think, Sammy? Sammy frowned in thought for a long minute before answering, either because she likes art or because she likes kids. Maybe she likes both, Grandfather said. Sammy didn't respond, but he was thinking. The usual gang gathered at the shoebox that weekend. Jenny waited at the door for Sammy and handed him an envelope with his name on it. It's an invitation to my house tonight, Jenny said. Mom's getting all the kids together to start raising money for the museum. Yeah, we can start figuring out how to find that missing painting when we get together, Sammy said. What missing painting? Chris and Willie asked together. Do we have another mystery? asked Dee Dee and Maria. The party is to focus fundraising for the museum. Not solve any mystery, scolded Jenny. Class, it's time to get started, Mrs. Shoes said. I'll tell you later, Sammy whispered to Chris and Willie as he took his seat. Our lesson this week is found in Matthew 25, verses 31 to 40, said Mrs. Shue. This is the story of the sheep and the goats. Sheep and goats, Chris said. I'll be a sheep. Bah! I'll be a goat, Willie answered back with a deeper. Bah! I'm not sure you want to be a goat in this lesson, Willie, Mrs. Shue said. They don't get to go to heaven. No goats in heaven, Willie responded. Mrs. Shue shook her head. That's not what I mean, Willie. I just... <sighs> she let out a long sigh. Would someone please volunteer to read the passage? Maria raised her hand, and Mrs. Shue nodded gratefully. Maria began to read. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit in state on his throne, with all the nations gathered before him. He will separate men into two groups, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Bah! Chris bleated. Maria frowned at him. Chris shrugged. Don't you like sound effects, he asked. Maria began again, and he will place the sheep on his right hand and the goats, Willie responded. Boys, please let her finish, Mrs. Shue said with a smile. On his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, you have my father's blessing. Come, enter and possess the kingdom that has been ready for you since the world was made. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. When thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you took me into your home. When naked, you clothed me. When I was ill, you came to my help. When in prison, you visited me. Then the righteous will reply, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and fed you, or thirsty or gave you drink, a stranger and took you home, or naked and clothed you? When did we see you ill or in prison and come to visit you? And the king will answer, I tell you this, anything you did for one of my brothers here, however humble, you did for me. The shoebox was quiet for a long minute after Maria stopped reading. Then Chris spoke up. 
So Christians are supposed to do good things for people because one of them might be Jesus in disguise? He looked at Mrs. Shu, who turned to the others. What do the rest of you think? Maria raised her hand. I think we should do good things for people because we want to be like Jesus, and that's what Jesus would do. Mrs. Shu nodded. It all comes down to love. Do you love other people enough to help them when they need help? If you do, then you are doing what Jesus asks us to. Willie raised his hand. But Mrs. Shu, we can't bring strangers into our houses or go and visit prisons. We're just kids. What can we do? God has work for all of us to do, she said. There are things you can do that no one else in the church can do. And helping someone, especially when it's your own idea, is usually far from boring. Think about it. Sammy sat quietly and thought, Is that why Grandfather works at the church like he does? If it is, what does Jesus want me to do? The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 5, The Broken Dozen Mystery, written by Glenn Robinson, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. Kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.